Hello, and welcome to the Adaptive Executive Podcast, where we meet with senior executives and discuss how to keep yourself and your organization adaptive and your employees engaged. My name is Greg Ballard, founder and owner of 5C Consultant, and I am your host. If you'd like to be considered as a guest for this podcast, you can apply on our website at 5c.consulting. Look for the word podcast. For now, let's dive into the show. Hello, and welcome to the Adaptive Executive. My name is Greg Ballard, your host, and I have a special guest here, Glenn Poulos. Glenn, welcome welcome to the show today. Hi, Greg. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Uh, my pleasure. So, Glenn, really excited about our conversation today. And there's a couple of things we want to talk about. You're a published author. You're the GM of a company that you've built and sold and still continue to run. And, and you are working on developing um, as a keynote speaker uh, as, you, as you continue to build your success. So, Glenn, exactly. I'd love to he- hear from you a little bit about uh, tell us a little bit about the book that you have, and then I want to transition into your role and the company that you built. Sounds good. So uh, the short story on the book, uh, um, I got into sales. I was a federal public servant um, working for Environment Canada in the 80s, and my boss came to me and said, hey, you're in the wrong business. You should quit and go into sales. So I did, and uh <laughs> I, I got a job at a sales company with a lot of good uh, mentors and, uh, you know, trainers. And um, I was started just absorbing their knowledge like a sponge. And I started writing down their tips. And, uh, you know, sometimes they would be a good tip. Sometimes they'd be mistakes that I'd want to avoid. And uh, those ones I'd usually, uh, you know, playfully name after these, these people. Of course, with the book, I had to change the name to protect the guilty. Uh, but over the years, I started writing down these tips. And then I started sharing them with people and uh, some companies had, had heard some of the stories and said, hey, can you come and speak to our sales group? And which I did. And uh, then, of course, it's like, oh, you should write a book. And I promptly did not do that. I let, you know, a couple decades go by. Uh, but I kept writing down same book, same thing, kept accumulating these tips. And um, when the pandemic rolled around, I uh, decided if there was ever a time being locked up uh, for all those months, uh, if there's ever a time for me to put pen to paper, uh, it was then. And so that was when I wrote the book was during the pandemic. And it's really, uh, you know, a sampling 57 tips, I call it. Uh, there are many more. A lot of them got chopped out for time or space and um, yeah, or not being not safe for work, as I like to say. Uh, but uh, yeah, in the end, there was uh, we, we came up with 57 tips on how to build a business and a career in selling and uh yeah so that's how the book came about i love it and could you share maybe a classic tip or two that kind of gives us a a a theme of where you're coming from yeah so um you know funny enough when i hired the editor uh i had a, a title i came up with i can't even remember anymore what it was but she said it was awful and um she helped me to come up with the title never sit in the lobby which is in the beginning, there's a, a barrage of very brief, uh, brief tips uh, that I run people through when they're visiting a client. And this applies to any business, not just salespeople, anyone that works with customers and that's customer facing and never sit in the lobby. It means, you know, when you get to the customer, get there on time, but don't be too early and don't be late, of course. 
And um, the first the first tip is never sit in the lobby when you're there. So you want to be standing at attention, waiting for the person to come out. You don't want to be on your phone, scrolling through Instagram or distracted otherwise. And someone comes in and also when you're sitting down, they're standing and they come in and they come in towering over you. And it's kind of a, you know, um, it's not that it's unpleasant. It's just that it's a, a from a power play, you know, you have to rise up to the person. Right. And it's much better to be already ready to meet them. And um, that's, that's one of a group that I, I group together. Uh, so you're standing, you're waiting, but um, the, another one is always have something in your hand and something in your mind when you show up and, you know, something in your hand could be the quote or the literature the customer's looking for a proposal presentation, or it might be something as simple as a promo or a giveaway, or being that I'm from Canada, if it's before 1030 in the morning, donuts are always appreciated. And, um, and so, and can also get you a little farther in the door. <laughs> uh, you know, I say that half in jest, but, um, you know, uh, serious, not serious, serious, you know, and, uh, we do give away a lot of donuts in Canada and, um, yeah. And, uh, a third rule that bunches together with that one is never forget a face. So as you're visiting clients that you've been to before, before you get into the lobby, on time, you know, but you sit in your car for a few minutes and, and re-memorize everybody's face. So, you know, we've all been in the situation where we bumped into someone and you know, you know, their name, but, and you know, that it's in your memory. You just can't access your memory fast enough to bring it to the forefront. And the moment is gone so fast. All you've done is left them with the impression that you forgot their name, right? And so I re-remember everybody's name before I show up. And if I don't remember their face and their name, then I go to LinkedIn and I, I put the face to the name. And uh, when I'm walking by them, I'm like, hey, Susan, hey, you know, hey, George, hey, Jack. And they're like, oh, who's that guy? You know, and um, and, and then they remember, oh, right, that's Glenn from Gap Wireless. And, uh, and it's all, oh, yeah, he's such a nice guy. He always remembers my name, that kind of a thing. That's the the sentiment versus when they remember you and you don't remember them. Right. And uh, and then one of the one of the other ones in that little barrage of tips that I always share at the beginning of the visit is always ask for a mini tour. And people are like, well, it's a mini tour. Right. I'm like, well, it's a tour that's mini. And, uh, and they're like, what are you talking about? Right. And I'm like, well, a mini tour is one that doesn't take all afternoon. There isn't 40 people traipsing on and off a bus with a, you know, with somebody blathering on for hours on end about the city you're in, or it's a quick visit to the new lab, the new office, the new building, the new warehouse, the new lobby, the new, whatever it is that you're there to talk to them about, to get into their building and get behind the front door. Because oftentimes like I'm selling high ticket items and these items are often evaluated in in their uh, at the customer site uh, or need to be demonstrated in some way. And um, it's good to get into the environment and see where they're going to be used or if they're being used at that time. Because oftentimes, you, if you're only someone that's being keeping the uh, the competitor that's winning honest, you know, your stuff sits in a box. They never touch it. They get a quote, third, second, third quote give it to the finance guy and they, you never had a chance, right? Getting the mini tour, you can go in, you can see, Hey, everybody's wearing the competitor shirts. You know, there's uh coffee mugs from a different competitor. Yours is in a box, you know? Um, and then the final one in that little barrage of, of tips 
is is the one I like to say, never ship the shit and never fax the facts. And so don't fax your notes. Don't, and of course, this was the 80s when I wrote the tip, right? Um, but now it's never email the quote, right? And uh, and never just deliver the goods from, you know, like don't ship them in on FedEx and, and leave them there and assume the customer is going to open the box and look at your stuff, right? Hand deliver it, set it up, make sure they know how to use it, and then make up a reason to go back and see them three days later to make sure they're still using it, right? And so of the 57, there's, you know, four or five that are bunched right together really quickly. And, and it gives you sort of a sense of, um, you know, what the book is about. And, um, you know, in one sentence, the book is really how to get, act, and stay in front of customers and to be a pleasure to do business with always. I love it. And I've been, I'm filling up my notebook here, just listening to you. Uh, these are some fantastic tips that, you know, there's uh, principles behind them, right? But they've never been yes. articulated yeah. this way. And, right. um, and so I think that's just phenomenal. So Glenn, I want to unpack a little bit of brought, so you, you, you're, you're in your earlier in your career, uh, you started collecting these tips and then, and then you went off and you built a company and then it was in the pandemic that you wrote the book. So I want to unpack a little bit about that building a company component to your career. And um, so you're the general manager of Gap Wireless Inc. Can you tell us a little bit about that organization um, and what it does? That'd be great. Yep. Uh, now, in the middle of, um, so in, um, yeah, in 85, I started in sales in 1991. I went to my bosses and I said, look, I want to spin off a little piece of the the technology that you guys sell. You're very broadband in terms, not, not like very broad in terms of what you sell. I want to take a little piece, create a second company. You can own some of it. I'll own some of it. And we'll specialize on this newfangled technology. And, you know, now I can get rich like you guys and I'll help make you even richer. Right. And they turned me down and they said, oh, it would never work. And so the next day I quit my job. I'd been married six days at the time. So I went home, told the wife, by the way, I don't have a job anymore. Uh, Picked her up off the floor, told her, don't worry, they'll be okay. And of course, it was very newfangled technology, never went anywhere. It was the cell phone, right? Nobody didn't become popular at all. And, uh, you know, not sure if you've heard of those, but, um, yeah, and I ran this, that business for 15 years. I'd actually, I actually sold that business like the business I have now, but in the middle of, you know, my career, uh, having sold that business, I sold it to a public company. And unlike the deal I did last year, I, I took an all stock deal and to make a long story short, I became a massive multimillionaire selling my business on paper locked in as an insider and in the time 18 months of owning the business they basically scuttled it and ultimately their the company that bought us ended up falling on hard times and the shares became worthless and so i went from you know sort of uh everyday multimillionaire back to my back to my original position and i lost my company um and had to start over and that's where i started gap wireless which is, um, I took a, the two letters in my name, Glenn Poulos, G and a P. I added a vowel, to, uh, A to make a, le- a word gap. And I came up with Gap Wireless. And in uh, 2007, after losing everything, I, uh, I started over and I vowed that I was going to build a better business with better principles and uh, hopefully sell it for even more money down the road. And last year I did, it was an all cash deal this time. And uh, of course I did have to stay and help uh, 
you know, integrate the business into the bigger entity. But nonetheless, uh, uh, you know, I, I spent a lot more time figuring out who was buying my company and a lot less time looking at the value of the stock. And uh, yeah, it's worked out very well so far. And um, yeah, and so I've agreed to stay with them for a few years, helping them integrate businesses. That's how I got here. Love it. So some tried and true experiences. I can I can just I can just yeah. tell you've learned a few things and uh, and you're sharing them through your book. So tell me a little bit about Gap Wireless and what problem does it solve in the in the yeah. uh, industry? So we like to say that we make wireless work. So when you're on your cell phone and back in the old days, this, this, uh, you know, this is sort of long gone, but remember it was the, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? And uh, remember those old ads? Right. Well, we, yeah. we were the guy they called when you couldn't hear you, right? When the answer <laughs> was, uh, there was no answer, right? Because they couldn't hear you. They called Gap Wireless, right? And so we basically sell the products that help the cell phone network work. So you know, the base stations and the, uh, are made by large, you know, billion dollar corporations like Ericsson and Nokia, uh, Siemens, Samsung. Um, we sell everything else up on the tower, all the antennas, all the cabling, everything that's on the tower, many things at the bottom of the tower. And we uh, one of the things we do most is sell systems that help the, the base stations work indoors, inside stadiums, inside hospitals. Uh, large campuses like universities where formerly the coverage was spotty or non-existent and it's called in-building or DAS and we we're a large supplier of these kinds of systems and um, and so that's why we say we like to make uh, wireless work and we also sell a lot of cable and things like that and that we have another joke which is there's a lot of wires in wireless and we sell wires right and uh yeah and so that's that's what Gap Wireless does in that part of the business, which is mo the biggest part is uh, it's mainly Canadian. We also sell precision instruments that engineers use to make uh, our RF measurements and things like that. Radio frequency measurements. And we sell that across North America. And uh, yeah, okay. so that's that's the, the basics behind Gap Wireless. So tell us a little bit about the organization size, how, how you were growing over the last so we're, years. Uh, we're just over, just broke 40 people. Um, and the year we sold the business, we did about 84 million. This year we'll do over a hundred. And, um, and we're being absorbed into a much bigger company in the U S called NWS and uh, wireless. And um and they're several hundred million dollars in size and they're they're buying up companies around North America and becoming even bigger and it's a private equity based company but um and so yeah so right now there's about 40 people the company they just another company they bought in Canada is 30 people and those people report to me now as well so I now have 70 people under me but those 30 people were a different company that got bought oh fascinating fascinating so let's talk a little bit about cuz I know you have a hard stop in a couple of minutes as a G as a GM building a business, leading a team of forty now seventy people, are there is there anything that you're employing that keeps your team nimble, adaptive, so that you can keep up with the trends and shifts inside the market? So, so the one thing in my role as GM is general manager, emphasis on the general, both militarily and and generally speaking, because, uh, you know, the other day, the plumbing in the kitchen blew up. And guess what? It was my problem, right? The next minute, business telecom is down. By the Glenn, what's the solution, right? So it goes from, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, sort of 
the whole definition of your company and how you're going to get through a market cycle to uh, whether or not the kitchen sink works. Right. And I right. truly mean that at its, uh, at its core. Right. And uh, not only that um, the plumber came and didn't lock the door behind them. And it was a door we don't normally use. And so it slipped through our kind of uh, nightly check and the door blew open at night. And, um, and I had a cold and I slept through the call and the police showed up with guns, with guns out. So we all watched a, we all watched a real movie the other day of the police coming through our building with guns drawn, looking for the, uh, what was really just the wind blowing the door open. So that's kind of a day in the life. Right. But, uh, the running the business, the key things are, um, yeah, I mean, we're we're a technology provider, so we're look always scouring the planet for the next best technology that we can bring to the Canadian market. That's really what we do. Um, and how we do it is by, again, I already said this once, but I'll say it again, is, is by being a pleasure to do business with. And that's the core tenant of, of what drives everything that we do. And, um, you know, we set that through like a clear vision that we lay out for people and uh, for our people. We hire, fire and motivate based on our core values. Um, but mainly, you know, the one thing that I found that defines whether or not we're successful is whether or not I'm actually acting like a leader or leading the company uh, and the team properly. And by leading that, you know, it's typically leading by example but also setting a clear vision for what the company, where they're going. And like telecom is, you know, in 2022 exploded beyond everybody's um, wildest dreams. Right. And it's like, you know, everyone you talk to is having their best year ever. They never made that much money in before, but you know, it, it wasn't the entire year is actually the first part of the year. And telecom started sliding in the Q4 and it's continued to be kind of in the doldrums. we'll say that. And so, a lot of people that were heroes last year are now struggling to, you know, it really, you know, separates the men from the boys or whatever, however you want to say it, in terms of who's making it happen, right? And um, and that's put it on put it on me to be in front of the the staff and saying, look, this is what we're going to do. These are the markets we're going to focus on. These is where we're going to hire people, and and those kinds of things. And I found that the staff you know, as long as you lead them properly through uh, prompt and efficient decision-making and a clear vision, they will follow you because that's all people want is really is someone to follow and someone that will make a decision. Right. And the, the worst thing is when, uh, when people exhibit indecision, right. There's no vision, there's no clear decision-making. It becomes a decision tree circle. Like, Oh, I don't know. I'll ask him. And he asks the next guy. And hopefully at some point a decision gets made, you know, we really try to avoid that kind of situation by by making, like I say, prompt and efficient uh, decisions. Uh, they're not always perfect, but, um, you know, people know they can come to you and know what their next step is. Right. And absolutely. That's absolutely. what I, how I define a leader. Right. Yeah. So a couple of things I picked up in there. Number one, you knew the industry you're in requires you to be on the bleeding edge, right? You know, if you're going to be competitive, you have to be on the bleeding edge. And the tactic you're using to be on the, is, is to be a pleasure to do business with. And, and through that relationship, right? Through that, 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 that good soil you create, um, the best ideas are naturally going to come to you. Yeah. Being a pleasure to business yes. with. I thought that's a very yeah. fascinating yeah. model. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I think that's just that's just great. And then of course, decision making, effective decision making is key. Um, you know, you can always make a new decision tomorrow. Right. right? But if you sit on indecision, people, it's hard to follow it's, that. It's it's real morale will just tank when you when you're indecisive. Uh, we're coming up on our end of our time here, Glenn. Do you have any uh, any personal things that you do, habits, behaviors, things that help keep you adaptive before we wrap up? So, yeah. So, um, I yeah. I mean, the one thing I always do every day, you know, these are simple things. You know, you hear about them all the time on, uh, you know, in other books and on the Instagram and on Facebook and whenever, whenever you're scanning is like, you know, create creating a to-do list, right? Um you know, every day of the major things you need to get done and let the rest take care of itself. So I have to get rid of, I have to take care of this, this, and this, if I can get through that, the rest of it becomes optional. Um, the other thing is a chapter from my book, but a, a tenant of how I run my day is uh, freedom begins with no. And um, oftentimes we feel compelled to say yes for a multitude of reasons, fear, you know, not wanting to disappoint someone, but the moment you say yes to something is usually the moment you take responsibility for that something. Whereas there are times where sometimes you just need to say no, right? And we do it sometimes with our kids all the time. We have no problem saying, no, you can't do this. You can't go here. You can't have that or whatever. But, you know, um, freedom does truly begin with no. And it usually advances the business as well onto a, the next phase as well, right? And uh, customer, you're ready to close the deal. Everything's been done. And then some other guy walks in and says, oh, we need a few more points off right? The, 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 the proper senior account manager type person will say, I'm sorry, we've came in with our best thing. This is, we're not going to be able to go back to the well for any more. The weaker person will say, Oh, let me check with my boss. And all of a sudden he now has to drive back to the office, figure out who to beg for a discount, explain why he didn't close the deal. Right? So the real freedom begins with just by grabbing the bull by the horns and saying no, when it's appropriate. Right? So I love it. I like to remind people of that all the time. Glenn, Glenn Poulos, author of Never Sit in the Lobby and GM of Gap Wireless. Uh, Glenn, if people wanted to connect with you or find your book, where would they do so? So uh, my website is just my name, glennpoulos.com. And uh, everything's there, links to the book. And there's some articles and things you can download from there. And on LinkedIn, please connect with me. I'm happy to talk to anybody. And I'm very active daily on LinkedIn. Fantastic. Glenn, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Greg. Thank you for joining us on the Adaptive Executive Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. You can follow us on LinkedIn and by subscribing to our mailing list. Again, my name is Greg Ballard and thank you for listening.